Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Soundington Media! You're walking in an alley after dark, trying not to let your shoes clack on the cobblestones. You glance around from beneath the brim of your hat. No one's around. You can see a few candles flickering in a few windows of the buildings looming over you. But most people aren't going to burn their candles this late into the night. If anyone should look out their window now, you might have to explain yourself. But they won't. You reach a door, nondescript. It belongs to a professor that no one pays much attention to. If they knew what he was up to at night, that he often hosted some of the most prominent politicians in meetings of a secret society, well, they might pay more attention to him then. You knock. First, like regular, tap, tap, tap. Then a pause. Then four more like this. Tap, 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 tap. The door cracks open. You identify yourself with a password, and you walk into a meeting about overthrowing the state government. It is 1776 in Bavaria, and you are a member of the original Illuminati. I'm Elise Parisian, and we're going to talk about the Illuminati and other conspiracies today on Unspookable. I think the Illuminati is a group of people who um, plan scary stuff. Like a hidden group um, or like a hidden society or something that believes something? I think the Illuminati is kind of like a secret society or something like that. And I have heard of it from TV shows like Gravity Falls and... Just kind of stuff like that, and a lot of kids and YouTubers say, like, Illuminati confirmed and stuff, and I really think that's funny. Since I think that the Illuminati may be a secret society, um, another thing that I know that secret societies do is kind of hide in private, and they might talk about um, maybe government or planning to do something to other people or other groups. You just heard some different ideas about what the word Illuminati means. Do any of them ring true to you? Do you have a similar definition? Or maybe you haven't heard this word before talking about it right now. Or maybe you have a completely different idea of what it means, or have used it in a completely different way. Confusing, right? After listening to the opening, some of us might even be thinking... What do a bunch of guys from hundreds of years ago in a place I've never heard of have to do with Beyonce or Jay-Z? I heard someone say that they are a part of the Illuminati. Celebrities, world leaders, tech billionaires. Many people have been accused of being modern-day Illuminati. 
But why? What would it even mean to be that? To think about what this word means to us today, and to think about these things we call conspiracies in general, let's first figure out what those guys in Bavaria were up to, shall we? Bavaria is part of present-day Germany, in the southern region of the country, on the continent of Europe. In 1776, a group of politicians who wanted to revolutionize their government got together and formed the Bavarian Illuminati, so-called because Illuminati in Latin means enlightened ones. Someone who is enlightened is thought to be well-informed or reasonable. These men believed that their country was being run incorrectly. And even though many of them had some power in government themselves, they still couldn't openly make change the way they wanted to. So they created a society to make change secretly. Primarily, they opposed superstition, religious influence over public life, and the abuses of state power. At the time, the Catholic Church, led by the Pope, controlled many aspects of their society, dictating what universities were able to teach and influencing laws that were passed. One of the founders of the Illuminati, Adam Weishaupt, taught at a university where he was monitored very closely to make sure he wasn't teaching any liberal views. You may have heard this word, liberal, before, and it can take on complicated meanings. But in its simplest form, all liberal means is being open to new information, behavior, or opinions. Professor Weishaupt became increasingly upset with this control. So he hosted meetings with some of his students to work against these policies. This was the start of the Illuminati. Weishaupt and his students took some of the ideas about the organization of their society from another secret society, the Freemasons. Different groups of Freemasons, called chapters, have been around since the 1300s, and they still exist today. The Freemasons started as a group of men involved in stonemasonry, or cutting, preparing, and building with stone. But since the 1300s, their ranks have evolved into an international order of fellowship that has an elaborate ranking system and ornate ritual ceremonies. Publicly, these groups promote brotherly love. But it's hard to understand exactly what their inner workings are unless you're able to join. Vaishap's Illuminati wanted their organization to have similar importance and mystery. They took code names like Spartacus, Ajax, and Tiberius after Greek and Roman heroes. They adopted the Owl of Minerva as their symbol, a representation of an owl often associated with the Roman goddess of wisdom and her Greek counterpart, Athena. The order had three grades, called Novice, Minerval, and Illuminated Minerval. They are said to have had an elaborate system of passwords and signs, in addition to their rituals, though no records exist that describe them in any detail. It's clear that the Illuminati had very complicated ideas about themselves. But to the outside world, what exactly did they do? Well, that remains hard to describe. They believed that those in power should educate themselves without censorship and use science and reasoning to make informed decisions. In their mission, they wrote, The order of the day to put an end to the machinations of the purveyors of injustice, 
to control them without dominating them. In other words, they claimed to believe in justice, but also thought they could achieve a just or fair society in secret. This is why today we might reference the Illuminati to refer to a network of people, whether they are famous or not, who are influencing world events without us knowing it, or being able to explain how they're doing it. We don't even know much about the actions the original Illuminati took, beyond circulating, writing about their beliefs, and trying to recruit members of government to join their ranks. In 1785, after less than 10 years in existence, ruler Charles Theodore heard the rumors circulating about government takeover by this society, whose members apparently couldn't be so secret after all. A law was passed that year to make secret societies of any kind illegal, and the Illuminati were no more. Thinking about the original purpose of the Illuminati, to promote justice and prevent the government from abusing their power, does it seem to you like they should have been allowed to exist? Without understanding what really went on at their meetings, it's probably impossible to say but their mission did seem like it could be a good thing. When you dig a little deeper, however, their goals seem to go against some of their beliefs. They wouldn't let non-Christians join, or anyone involved in any other religious order or society. And like many groups today, they wouldn't allow women to join either. As some critics of their order, even during their time, pointed out, how can you advocate for reason and knowledge on behalf of your nation if only some people have access to it? But access is exactly what separates common public knowledge from the workings of a conspiracy. We'll talk more about that word and how secret societies have evolved since 1776 when we get back. I think a conspiracy theory is like a rumor. And kind of how if you say a rumor, it gets spread around and people start to believe that it's actually true. I think a, I think a conspiracy theory is like when someone takes something and creates something that's not true about it, but then people be start to believe it. When I think of conspiracy theories, I think of anything that I've seen on the internet because most of the things I see are a lie. Even if you can't tell that it's planned, it's probably planned. Earlier, we were talking about this word, liberal. You may have heard someone say the words liberal or conservative about a politician, or the way someone votes. You may have heard the phrase liberal arts to describe some colleges or universities. One of the wild things about language, any language, not just English, is that words take on different meanings over time, and can even mean two different things to two different people. In its most basic form, liberal means open to new ideas. Not necessarily a bad thing, right? The same thing with conservative, which at its core means holding to traditional attitudes and values. But although these words have those basic meanings, they can be anything but basic to us. In fact, you might have a lot of associations with either of those words and the way you've heard people use them or the way you've used them yourself. Language is tricky. 
and we have to investigate meaning ourselves to try and understand what words mean. The phrase conspiracy theory carries a lot of meaning today. So let's think about both of the words the phrase involves. At its core, the word conspiracy means a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. The Illuminati, way back in the 1700s, were a real example of a conspiracy. They were working in secret, and they had plans to take control of the government, illegally. Definitely a conspiracy. But also, there could be many types of conspiracies, technically. If a person and their friend plan to steal all of their younger siblings' toys, that is also technically a conspiracy. The word itself definitely indicates people are up to no good. But there's a wide range of situations it could apply to. The second word in the phrase, theory, means a system of ideas used to explain something. So putting that together, a conspiracy theory is an idea that explains a situation or an event that involves a secret group doing unlawful things. Today, many people say the words conspiracy theory to mean an idea about a sinister plan or an explanation of an event that is not actually real. So even though the Illuminati were a real conspiracy in 1776, today if we say Illuminati to explain an event, that would be a conspiracy theory. There is no evidence that such an organization exists anymore. It's just an idea. But that doesn't stop people from saying that the Illuminati are still around, even over 200 years later. If you look at the US dollar, for instance, there's a symbol of an eye floating above a pyramid. Called the Eye of Providence, this eye is said to be a magical or religious symbol related to the Freemasons and the Illuminati. This could be related to the fact that lots of the so-called founding fathers, like George Washington, either mentioned the Freemasons in writing, or were believed to be Freemasons themselves. But there's really no way of being able to prove if any of them were. Of course, we already know the 1700s weren't the end of conspiracy theories. In the 1900s, politicians like Woodrow Wilson of the United States said the phrase New World Order to mean a time of global change after World War I, which ended in 1918. The phrase had a pretty simple meaning at first, but then, in the mid-1900s, people started saying the New World Order was a conspiracy group trying to take over the whole world under one ruling power. Some people today think that such a thing still exists, and that anyone who has any type of power, like a famous person or a head of state, is part of a secret organization like this. People like the British writer H.G. Wells helped spread these theories. H.G. Wells is famous for writing some of the first ever science fiction in English. Books like The Time Machine, one of the first books to ever mention someone using a time machine to go backwards and forward through time and alter the course of history through their actions. H.G. Wells' imagination didn't stop at science fiction or fantasy, however. He wrote books called The New World Order and The Open Conspiracy, 
which offered ideas for what he called a world brain that would unite the Earth under one economy and one set of rules. Later, so-called New Age conspiracy theorists would take up this writing as achievable goals, along with other ideas thought to be only possible in science fiction, like the ability to communicate telepathically from mind to mind rather than in spoken language. When a conspiracy theory includes that, it starts to seem really far-fetched, doesn't it? And that's not where the strangeness or the scariness with conspiracy theories ends. More on that right after this. Some conspiracy theories I've heard are that the Earth is flat or that some people in groups like the Illuminati could um, be planning something big. I've heard of the UFO conspiracy. People think UFOs or like Bigfoot isn't real and just a bunch of people playing pranks. Yeah, when I think of conspiracy theories, the first thing I think of is Bloody Mary. I have heard on the internet that some people are saying that COVID-19 could be a conspiracy or that people are pretending to die so then they can get more money for hand sanitizer companies and tissue companies. I have heard some a conspiracy. I think about that some people in the government think COVID-19 is is a prank. A conspiracy could affect me in my life if I didn't know it was a conspiracy and if I thought it was true. Ways conspiracy theories can affect your life is if you believe them too much and you get worried about it too much and then it ends up getting stuck in your brain and that's all you ever think about anymore. As far as conspiracy theories go, are there ones that you've heard about? What about the theory that the United States moon landing was faked in a Hollywood movie studio? Or the one that the governments all over the world are covering up the existence of extraterrestrials? Don't worry, we're going to be talking a lot more about that in later episodes. Or the one about how the Earth is not actually round, but flat. Some of these might seem silly to you, or even exciting. Like, what if aliens do exist? But just like a lot of topics we cover on Unspookable, different people can have different worries or fears related to conspiracy theories, many of which have a darker, scarier side that we need to understand in order to make the best judgments we can to keep ourselves and others safe. There is a lot going on in our world today, so much that you might feel overwhelmed by all the information circulating at lightning speed. Information sometimes spreads so quickly and so easily online that it can be hard to tell fact from fiction. But no matter what anyone tells you, there are certain things that aren't up for argument. Climate change, for instance. We can prove that the Earth is getting warmer by measuring the temperature. There's no way to dispute that even though some people want to. We also know for sure that the Earth is round. Like how the stars change in the sky, or how shadows move. Those are just two of many ways to see for ourselves that the Earth is a sphere. Even more dangerously, 
There are people who want us to believe things about the virus, COVID-19, like that it was created on purpose in a lab, or even that it doesn't exist at all. So we have to ask ourselves, why would someone say things like this? Why would they spread information that they couldn't prove? The answer is unfortunately about how fear relates to power. Let's say someone in your family gets mad at you. Maybe it's justified. Maybe you hurt their feelings or you aren't listening to them. So they say to you, if you don't leave me alone right now, I'm going to take your screen away. In this situation, what you do kind of depends on fear, right? If you really don't want to have your screen taken away, that's a kind of fear. A fear of missing out on your screen time. It's a pretty harmless fear in the long run, but it's a fear nonetheless. And the way you relate to it means that this person might have the power to change your behavior. In this situation, the relationship of fear and power don't have dangerous consequences. Hopefully, you would be able to resolve the conflict with your family member by talking it out or taking a break and then coming back to it later. But what about if someone is writing something online that says, the president of the United States was not really born in the United States, like he says, so we don't have to respect him. Or, if you wear a mask because of COVID-19, it will actually make you more sick. In these cases, fear triggered by the unknown, by not trusting information we've previously been given, might give people spreading this information power over us if we change our behavior. This is why reading and asking questions when you read or watch something online is so important. Just like with other scary things on Unspookable, sometimes learning more facts about a scary or confusing thing means it will not have so much power over us. But if we believe everything we watch or read without questioning, then the people who are creating that information immediately have power over us. The human brain is an amazing and interesting machine. We have evolved so quickly to be able to analyze and act on perceived threats. It's normal to question what is true and what is not, because we ultimately want to keep ourselves safe. We also might be more likely to believe things like conspiracy theories, because the human brain is not wired to easily accept chance or coincidence or the fact that sometimes bad things happen. We are wired to find story and pattern and meaning in everything around us, even if that story doesn't take into account all of the details. That's why people have blamed things like large natural disasters on conspiracies. We want to believe that there are higher powers controlling things, not that the universe is sometimes random and inexplicable. When you hear something that someone says is for sure true, like the existence of a secret society that is controlling the government, or the idea that the Earth is flat, the question is not just, do I believe that? The question is, what is the information that will help me understand this more? When it comes to power in our world, there are always people and groups that will want us to believe and follow them. 
Celebrities want us to follow them so they can make money and be famous. Politicians want us to follow them so that we vote for them. And in many cases, that power is not used harmfully. But sometimes it is. Sometimes our fears are controlling us more than we know. Maybe that's why people spread false information to begin with. Maybe they are scared and looking to make others scared too. They're looking for answers in the wrong places. For now, it's safe to believe that the Illuminati are not controlling our world. But the people who are? We must keep asking questions about the information they give us. We must be prepared with facts and not give in to fear. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit, produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to our guests Blythe, Bella, and Al. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Let Mysteries at Midnight be your destination for detective whodunits and captivating mystery stories. You'll hear classic stories like Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie's Poirot, and short tales from H.G. Wells, Charles Dickens, Edgar Allan Poe, and others. I'm Christopher, and I read these classic stories in the soothing style of a bedtime story, so you can listen to them in bed when you drift off to sleep. Search for Mysteries at Midnight on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast app, and follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes.